Welcome to the Next Dimension Podcast, your portal to an extended reality. Every week we talk about the hottest topics in XR and let you join the discussion live on MRTV. And now, get ready for another exciting episode coming up. Hi and welcome to episode 17 of the Next Dimension podcast, your new podcast that's all about VR and AR. And tonight we have a very special show that I'm super excited about. I would like to say hello to Guy Godin, the developer of Virtual Desktop. Guy, how are you doing? Very good. Thank you, Sebastian. Great to have you on the show again. You were on the second episode and now again here on episode 17. And also here, Lazius K, the um, the guy, not key, the guy from VR Essentials, a great YouTube channel about VR. Lazius, how are you doing today? Well, thank you very much for having me on the show. Really humbled to be here. So I'm doing good, man. How about you? Also doing very well. And uh, well, Guy is in Canada and Lazius, you're in Singapore. It's like 3 a.m. where you are right now, right? <laughs> wow. Yes. So, so thank you for staying up so late to be here on the show. Great to have you here. And of course, also here again, so great to have you again, Tatiana from VR, Disco VR, Discover. <laughs> oh, God. You haven't been on the show for too long. I forgot your name. You're, you're oh, telling man. me already. <laughs> Tatiana, Tatiana, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Yes, very happy to be here as always. Thank you for having me. Sure. So so glad to have you back. And also here with me, my name is Sebastian Ang, and I'm the founder of MRTV, and I'm the host of this show, The Next Dimension Podcast. So for all of you who don't know this podcast yet, this podcast is being live streamed every Saturday at 9 p.m. Berlin time, 8 p.m. London time, 3 a.m. Singapore time, <laughs> noon in San Francisco, and um, 3 p.m. in New York City. And this show is also on all the podcast providers, on iTunes, on Spotify, on Alexa, on Google. So, yeah, you can also listen to us as an audio podcast. And if you enjoy this show, you could do us one big favor. You could now get, up, get out your iPhone or iPad, open the podcast app, and look for us, look for the Next Dimension podcast and do give us a five-star review. This would absolutely make a big difference. So right now, in the beginning, in the early, in the first few minutes of the show, if you could do this right now, this would absolutely help us and it would be amazing. Yep, today's show is super exciting. We have lots of interesting topics to talk about. And of course, the most exciting topic today is going to be the, the new update, version 28 update for the Oculus Quest 2. The Oculus Quest 2 is dominating the market. Unbelievable. It's crazy. And that's why actually I chose the Quest 2 to be on the thumbnail of today's show, because basically everything is revolving around this headset. And that is absolutely the most important headset right now. And that's why I chose the Quest 2 as the thumbnail of today's show. So we're going to talk about the update. We're going to talk about Airlink. We're going to talk about virtual desktop because, of course, obviously there's like a direct competition now. Like which software should you use? And uh, yeah, well, uh, there's so many, so many things that we're going to get into in this show. And I'm uh, really glad to have Guy Godin here. It's going to be so interesting. 
But we're also going to talk about other topics like the Pico Neo 3, the new VR headset from Pico, which is kind of a Quest competitor, at least in China, but they're also going to go worldwide. And uh, yeah, Lazio has the, que the Pico Neo 2 here, and we're going to compare the two headsets. It's going to be interesting. We're going to talk about the HTC... Um, the, the conference that they're going to hold. It's going to be called ViveCon. It's going to happen in May 11th, and then they're going to present their new headset. We're going to talk about the Oculus Gaming Showcase, which is going to happen next week, and um, we're going to hear more about Lone Echo, so we're going to speculate. Is it going to be Quest 2 only? Who knows? Might be. Very interesting. We're going to talk about the um, new subscriptions, that Oculus now supports Resident Evil 4, the first Quest 2 only game. Oh, wow. This is going to be a heck of a show. My goodness. Cool. It's going to be pretty, pretty cool. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this episode. But before we get into these topics, normally in the very beginning of the show, we're going to talk about what we did in our last weeks. And and also, I'm, I'm using these um, first minutes of the show to introduce our guests a bit more. And I would like to start with Guy. Guy, hello. <laughs> How are you doing again? You're doing good? Good, good. Good, yeah, good to yeah. be. Yeah, good to be. Good to have you here on the show again. So Thank for all of uh, all of the viewers and listeners who do not know Guy yet, Guy is the developer of Virtual Desktop. I believe that's a software that we all know. It enables us to use our um, PC, to use our desktop in virtual reality. And uh, the most exciting feature, in my opinion, is the ability to be able to stream PC VR games from your gaming PC to your Quest, Quest 1 and Quest 2. And uh, I believe that's that's really what what sold lots of Quest headsets, actually. You know, for me, I've heard lots of people in my community say, you know what, I bought the Quest 2 because I can wirelessly play my Steam VR games. Yeah, anyways, Guy, I would like to ask you, how was your last week with all the all the news from 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 Oculus releasing Airlink? Um, were you actually able to work or were you like busy like answering all the questions that people had <laughs> about, about about this whole topic? I was able to work uh, actually uh, I was uh, uh, I'm working right now on 120 Hertz support and virtual desktop I should land in the next few days uh, just finalizing a few things uh, but yeah I was kind of bummed out when uh, when Oculus announced that essentially they would have Airlink and they would do it on home Wi-Fi's in the past, there were talks about them releasing a dongle or maybe a Quest 2 Pro with, uh, you know, the built-in, with a dongle that was uh, built in. So I thought, oh, I'll still have a, a market with Quest 2 users and Quest 1 users. So I was kind of a bit of bum bummed out to see that they actually are, are doing exactly what I'm doing, which is a home Wi-Fi and uh, entirely, uh, you know, home network stuff. So, Right, right. So... It's really exactly the same, right? It's exactly the same. Like uh, <laughs> they're doing yeah, right it, the same thing. And, yeah. and the funny part is they're releasing it as an experimental feature, exactly like I did two years ago when the Quest 1 launched. And at the time, they didn't want an experimental feature. They said it's not the Quest is not a place to experiment or to try things. And they blocked my feature from the store. So my feature for the last 20 months, I think was essentially banned from the store. I had to 
put it on side quests and all my users had to go through the painful process of the, becoming a developer, setting up an account and then side loading just to get access to that feature that everyone wanted, obviously. So I, it was very frustrating to see them just, uh, you know, recently allow it in the store without all the patching and then just releasing their own version. Uh, so, right, right. I mean, I'm, I, I totally understand because it's, it's a feature that they should have had from day one on Quest One. That's what I would have put in because I, I saw it as something very valuable. They didn't at the time, and that's okay. But if the developer sees it as uh, something that's valuable, don't block them, don't prevent them from releasing the feature. That's just that's just anti-competitive in, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of sad the situation where they had to block me for two years while they were working on their own uh, solution. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And we're going to get into that topic like later in the show and we're going to okay. get really in, into depth and we can yeah, talk about all the details. But I, I understand that this was like the main thing that was on your mind, right? Because, yeah, that's the big thing. Facebook coming out with exactly the same that you offer, but now it's going to be free. And uh, wow, what, what this means for your software, we're going to talk about this a whole lot mm -hmm later on the show. Yeah, okay, Guy, thanks for now. Thanks for now. Let's get to our second guest here. Lazius, so great to speak bonjour. with you. Yeah, bonjour. Likewise. Yeah, we we, we haven't really talked uh, um, in, like long. We have chatted a bit before, but we, we didn't have the chance to really talk. So I'm, I'm really glad that you made it to the show so we can talk more and get to know each other a bit better. So, Lazius, you have a, like a really cool channel. I really enjoy you. your 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 show. Oh, um, cheers! Thank the you. the channel is called VR Essentials, mm -hmm. and VR Essentials is obviously about VR. Yeah, the, the name mm -hmm. implies it. And yep. what what I really enjoy about your channel is that your videos are very well researched, and you also. You also um, make the videos very um, good to watch. Like there's lots of production value going into them. Like you know, I'm also right. a YouTuber, obviously, as you are on my channel right now. So I, I know, I know <laughs> how, yeah, I know how much time it takes to really like edit videos. And yep. I, I can just yep. imagine that your videos take lots of time to edit, right? Well, um, you know, once you. Once, once you're able to cover the basics of editing, you know, it gets faster. So uh, I think the best trick is not to go too far in and try to cram up all the tricks of the trade, because especially as a beginner, it will just take too long to master those. So just master the very basic stuff first, and then just incrementally add, pour a little bit more water so the plant has room to grow. Uh, I think that's the trick to to get things uh, because eventually it'll take you the same amount of time to edit a video, regardless how complicated it is, because you would have put in the the amount of time uh, to to practice how to get that basic thing covered. Right, right. If, if that makes any sense. That that does make sense. So tell us a bit more about how you got into VR and why did you think, hey, this topic is like so exciting. I want to go out there. I want to tell people about it. I want to make a YouTube channel. And probably you can also tell us a bit more about why you as a Frenchman are in Asia right now. You're in Singapore. Yeah. Um, so I got in, uh, initially I was learning piano when I was a kid, like literally 
I don't know, eight years old at the time. My planet teacher tell, took me to a, a, a VR a little shop where they had these gigantic dino. I don't even know how it fit on my head at the time. Um, and it was like dungeons or something. It's like this chessboard. And it was this dragon flying around, spewing this fire at literally two polygons because the polygons back then were, you know, so minimal. Um, and, you know, that's kind of how my uh, first VR experience was. And then flash forward 20 years later, as VR had disappeared, um, you know, then I stumbled on Remarcus's channel and I was working for a corporate uh, company here in Singapore at the time. And I was actually really bored and it gave me an outlet to be creative. And when I saw Remarcus's channel, I went, wow, this is really awesome. He, he really sparked something in me. And I thought, hey, why don't I just, you know, try and do uh, something with VR because this is the future. Um, and then before that, I worked with Rick Garson, who's a creator and previous executive producer of the Billboard Music Awards. Uh, we did a, a show together in Beijing uh, with hologram technology, not VR. So, you know, I've always been in this space for quite a few years before it naturally, I guess, went into VR. So, um, and then, you know, here we are today, I guess, just uh, just exercising that passion and trying oh. to educate people about the practical uses of virtual reality more. Yeah. Oh, wow. Very nice. Yeah. So how does your normal week look like right now? Is it like all uh, like editing videos or are you making some VR events or what is your normal weekday like week week work like? Uh, a lot of crypto trading. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's how we can all survive, right? <laughs> that's how we survive. Uh, I'm, I'm also working with a guy, a very cool guy called Jeremy Dalton, who's the uh, leading AR director for, sorry, leading director for AR and VR for PricewaterCoopers UK. So we're going to be launching his book uh, in all space. So we're creating a world at the moment in conjunction with another company called Arlupa, who are an AR development agency and have a really awesome uh, AR app. And, you know, we're just building this thing and hopefully we'll launch it within a couple of months because we've been working on it for a little while now. Okay, very cool. That's so yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's, it, it, it'll be good. It'll be good. I'll give you more later, like another, in another time because <laughs> we're, still, we're still working on it. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, Lars, it's so great to have you on the show. And uh, yeah, looking forward to talk about all these exciting topics that we're going to talk about today with you and with all the others. And, Tatiana, good to see you again. It has been a while. It's been a couple of weeks that we didn't uh, talk to each other. So how are you doing? And um, what have you been doing in VR or in general in the last few weeks? Yeah, so it, it these weeks have been busy, so I missed being on the show. But because of how busy it was with work, that's the reason why I you know, couldn't play as much VR as I wanted to. And um, as some of you may know, I know, well, Sebastian knows, and maybe some people who watch the, the podcast for a while know I'm a, um, a doctoral candidate. And so I do a lot of research work, and I'm fortunate enough to do the research in the field of VR. And um, I've done a lot of progress in the past couple of weeks analyzing the data I collected on the use of virtual reality for um, social isolation related issues that were caused by the pandemic. So I was looking at how people who have, who own VR sets are dealing with the social distancing, whether they're choosing to connect with other people and whether it's helping them. And I've collected quite a bit of data and I managed to analyze it and find some very interesting um, yeah, um, like organize interesting findings based on that and write it up in an article. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's not finished, so I can't share it too much, but I hope it's going to get published. And uh, yeah, this has just been an exciting time for me from the nerd researcher perspective, but I obviously still 
look forward to jumping back to gaming to actually doing fun <laughs> stuff with VR that that I will be able to share. So yeah, so um, so yeah, I would just wanted to like let you know I have been doing the VR stuff, but it's not as <laughs> entertaining <laughs> as you might expect. But yeah, yeah, I hope but to get but, back. but doing research on, in VR is also kind of interesting, I think. And doing being able to do your PhD on VR, oh my goodness, that's that's a dream, basically. Wow, that's so cool. I love it. So so yeah, when I love it. Yeah, perfect. So when are you actually going to um, get your PhD, and when are you going to be Dr. Tatiana PhD in VR? <laughs> I will have it. Um, well, I this. Last month, I actually defended my portfolio, so I became a candidate, and that's a great step because wow, it means that now I can focus on my so dissertation. It's so complicated to get this. Wow. Congratulations. So I'm cool. done with my coursework. Thank you so much. So my actual dissertation is not on the social aspect of VR, but on language learning, as you know. So that's also something really cool I'll be working on this summer, actually collecting the data from... Uh, students who are learning mm -hmm. languages in virtual reality. And uh, I hope to be a doctor uh, next May in wow. 2022. That's perfect. That's so cool. And then I'll have more time for YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's perfect. This is really, um, yeah. Cool. <laughs> thank yeah. you. Thank you. I was actually also in the middle of my PhD studies, but I had to stop my PhD because I had to go back to Germany for uh, family reasons. But I was also doing it. But uh, yeah, now I'm a YouTuber. Where? <laughs> well, I don't I was know. Doing you, it in Taiwan, you can, yeah. if you, maybe you will still get back because I know you yeah, want to be. teach. I think could you would be, exactly, be a great yeah. teacher. That would teach be cool. a course on VR because it's be so amazing. much needed. There yeah. are people who. Um, if they're not in this niche, it's really hard for them to wrap their mind around what VR is un until they try. I think right. there's a, a large need for VR education in general to yeah. bring it to the general I would, public. I would really, I would love to teach that at one point in time. Who knows? Yeah. If there's any um, university out there who would like to have me teach there, I'm here and uh, my connection is in the <laughs> down in the description of this video. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Yeah, Tatiana, great to have you on the show again. Yeah. Yep. For Thank me, you. for me, I was also busy. I'm still working on that secret MRTV project that I'm going to tell you here on the channel about. So um, I did not do so much in VR actually. I did. I w I was using um, Neos VR. Today, uh, Neos VR is such a cool world. It's really like the metaverse. I don't know. Have you have you tried uh, Neos VR? Any of you? Yeah, I, I tried once. I know that um, uh, Between Realities are promoting Skiva from Between Realities is promoting Neos a lot as well. Yeah, it's um, so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's really the the metaverse. It feels crazy good. How, how did it feel differently to for you? Um, you know, compared to VR chat or Allspace or. Uh, you know, all, all those other uh, VR social experiences. It, it just feels like you are in Ready Player One. It, it just, they, they made it so great with so many options, with your inventory, with your friends. It's, it really feels great. Uh, I must make more videos about it, I think, promoting it because it's so cool. 
So yeah, so now here in Germany we have like um, some uh, uh, like uh, meetups, the, the German VR meetups. They are organizing mm -hmm. like an exhibition, like a real exhibition where you can go and where there's like stands. Just if you would go to CES, this kind of exhibition, and everything is in VR, and they're doing it in <coughs> Neos VR. And I'm going to be like the reporter, like running around that um, exhibition, and it's 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 fascinating. It's really amazing what you can do in VR right now. So, yeah, shout out to VR Germany, who are going to do this big exhibition soon, and I'm going to show it on my on my channel. Yep, that's what I was doing and working on that secret project. That's why there's so little videos. Yeah, just um, recently I had to come out <laughs> of my break to make this video about um, Airlink and, and virtual desktop. <laughs> really needed to, to get this out, and we're going to talk about this later. So, yeah, that was what I was doing. So now let's get to our topics. We have lots of exciting topics to talk about before we get to the hot topic, but there's still lots of interesting things that we want to talk about. And um, let me just show my screen to the people who are watching this right now. So let's have a look at the Road to VR article. We're first going to talk about the Pico Neo 3. That is the successor, obviously, to the Pico Neo 2. And the Pico Neo 2 was already, yeah, I think the Lazius has it there. It's a very nice standalone headset that I also have here. It's um, um, a pretty decent headset, can also stream Steam VR actually. It has the battery in the back of the headset, which gives it like lots of um, balance. And I would even say it's it's more comfortable than, than the Quest 2 in terms Definitely. Of, right? It's, it's very comfortable. It's a very Definitely. nice headset. Very so, comfortable, yeah. Right, right. Really good. So the Pico Neo 2, uh, the Pico Neo 3 has been announced, and now we know more of the specs. So the Pico Neo 3 is going to come out in, in China on 10th of May, and it's going to have a Snapdragon XR2. <laughs> now, well, that sounds familiar, right? It's just like the Quest 2. It has physical... Same day as Vivecon. Same yeah. day as Vivecon. Oh, same day as Vivecon. Oh, that's going to be a very exciting. Oh, you're right. Same day as Vivecon. <laughs> that can be a coincidence. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> it has physical IPD adjustment. However, it, it seems to be IPD. like... It, I think it's the same like the Quest 2, where, where you inside, where you simply like change the lenses. Mm. I don't think that you would really change um, the displays. I also think it ha only has one... One screen. They have not talked about the screen yet, but you have yeah. th three three physical IPD adjustments. So just mm -hmm. like the Quest 2, you would have like three different kind of options. So I think it's basically the same like like the, the Quest um, 2. It has four wide angle cameras providing millimeter level positioning and tracking. So that is a big difference. So the, the Neos, the, the, not the Neos, the Neo 2 it had a kind of different kind of tracking mechanism. It used electro, electro, yeah, electromagnetic, right. electromagnetic, which is pretty cool. Um, but I must say, it's good, but it's not as good as the Quest One and the Quest Two tracking. Would you agree, um, um, Lazius? No, totally. Um, I, I, the fact is that infrared should be the standard, I think, for now for all handset, whole headsets, because you can just get an IR light, an infrared light. Right. Put it in, plonk it wherever, and then play in total darkness. You can't do that with any other tracking on any other headset so far. So right. hands down, Quest 1, Quest 2 wins on that one. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. But, but for the Pico Neo 3, it now has the same tracking like the Quest 
Quest 2 and Quest 1. So it's interesting. It's it's basically like a, a carbon copy of the Quest 2, but with uh, the battery in the back. And now there's one thing, there's one thing that really caught my eye in that um, Road to VR article that basically no one is talking about. And <laughs> I would be talking about it if I was not on my video break, I would directly make a video about it, but nobody else was talking about it. And I would like to point this out. Curved screen. A curved screen clocked at 90 hertz refresh. So this would be the first headset that I would know of that actually has a curved screen in a VR headset. Isn't that kind of exciting? What do you think? So I was thinking about it before the show and I'm like, okay, curved screen. And I tried to imagine what kind of, how it would change the perception of VR. Because like when you look at the monitor, there's a flat screen monitor, there's a curved monitor. You can tell the difference. It's like closer to your eyes. All the corners of the screen are in the same distance to your, your, field, your view. But then in VR, you're already there. You don't really perceive the screen as flat. So I maybe the reason why people not don't talk about it as much as because they can't possibly even imagine what it would feel like. So there's not much to say. Yeah. It sounds cool, but it, on the back of my head, I wonder, is it just one thing that they decided to include because it sounds cool? Actually, How is it actually going to change their perception? I'd love to know what Guy thinks on this because also, Guy, when you do your, your virtual desktop stuff, I mean, you must have experimented on so many different headsets. So how... how what what kind of headset have you worked on other headsets that had these kind of fluctuating screens and how did that affect you know uh, virtual desktop I, as, as you were developing it i don't think i've worked with any uh, vr headset that had a curved screen before uh yeah. but the only thing i imagine is just so much more math to get the distortion correct and so i'm i'm not sure it's that much of a good idea because if the curve mm. is slightly different uh, then it means that you need to have some calibration step. I don't know. It just, to me, it seems like a bad idea, but I'm not an expert. <laughs> I'm not an expert in math and distortion and all that, but I have a feeling that uh, maybe however, it could be that it's something that future headsets will have because it, it could uh, re reduce the amount of distortion that you have to do in software uh, and through the lens. So there might be an advantage there, but I'm not an expert in any way in, in optics. So Right, I, right. I think that is really the point. If I'm thinking about like making uh, huge FOVs possible, the, the problem that these headsets now have, if they have these canted displays, like for example, the Pimax headsets, is exactly that point. You will get to a point where you have to have so much kind of distortion algorithms working on it, and these algorithms are not good enough to really get this distortion out. That's why with this huge FOV headsets like the Pimax, you have to battle distortions in your peripheral vision. But if you would have like a nice curved screen, you could actually have a bigger FOV, even with a smaller footprint, right? So you don't wouldn't have this kind of like super shark um, headsets like, like, like you have with the Pimax headsets, but instead have like a headset which looks kind of normal, like, like, one, like how it does look like, this kind of headset, mm -hmm. but then still have a bigger FOV. So in my right. dreams right now, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, would, I would hope that they somehow came up with that uh, bigger FOV, like just slightly bigger FOV than, than the normal headsets without having 
to have uh, without the problem of distortion. So that's what I'm hoping. Of Obviously, we all don't know. We're going to find out in 10th of May. But if they could come out there on 10th of May and say, you know what, we have a headset here which has the same specs like the Quest 2, probably they can even use the XR2 chipset better because they have a better um, cooling mechanism. We all know that the Quest 2 XR2 chipset is not really being used because they don't have any kind of um, cooling mechanism that is good enough to cool the XR2 chipset down. That's why it's not using the full potential, yeah. right? But yeah. it seems like this um, Pico Neo 2 it seems like there is some kind of cooling mechanism. Or let, let's see if there's some pictures here. Um, let me show that again. So here, in, in on the front of the headset, oh. there's some kind of, I would call it like a grill, <laughs> where some fresh air can come inside. And obviously we hope that it's not going to be too loud, this kind of cooling thing. But I believe this is the place where they can really cool down the XR2 chipset in a way that would allow developers to really access the, the raw power of that XR2 chipset, and then they could probably say, hey, we have the XR2 chipset, you can really use it, and we have a little bit of a bigger FOV because we have a curved screen. Interesting, right? Could be like an interesting device. Yeah, no, for sure. And also uh, on the current Pico Neo 2, there, there is a grill at the front as well. Um, right. And right. honestly speaking, you, you can hear the fan, but mm. you, know, you can hear the fan on every single headset, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so it's fine. Okay. Mm. Wow. So very but, interesting. But it reminds me of the Star Trek visor, you know, the curved ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, Jordi, Jordi, Jordi is wearing it in uh, Star Trek: The Next uh, Generation. Jordi LaForge. Yeah. Let's geek out a bit here. <laughs> so, um, so this device in China, it's going to be targeted at normal people who want to play games, and they do have a library of games and all they these do, yeah. good things are happening in China, but in the West. Most probably, it's not going to be uh, a competition for the Quest 2, right? What do you think, uh, Lazios? Um, well, we were talking uh, we were talking on Between Realities last night about this. Um, basically, I feel personally that the strategy, the marketing strategy and business position is really to ride their own wave and create their own wave, which is to become a marketing platform for developers through Pico Studios. Say, hey, guys, by the way, we have 2 billion people on you know, uh, who use our, I mean, this is in the future, of course, uh, because you got one point whatever billion people in China and one point whatever billion people in India, for example, uh, and say, hey, you know, you're a Western developer, why do you, hey, virtual desktop, do you want two billion more people to use your stuff? Um, you know, and I think that's where they're really going. That's where it would make more sense because right. the amount of uh, investment that they just got, even though it sounds like a lot of money, 60 plus million US dollars or something, um, it's not actually in the grand scheme of things that much money in this in this space, um, you know, to do much in terms of development plus marketing plus everything else, right? So um, it'll be interesting to see see how they how they develop for sure. I actually would maybe try to argue against the opinion that it will it will not be able to compete with Quest 2 because well, okay. So first of all, in terms of design, yeah, it really looks like Quest, and it looks like they didn't even try to make it look different because well, in China, <laughs> Facebook is banned, so they can use it anyway. So why develop some new design that would where they would have to build new uh, I don't know pool of people who would know that they can trust this headset they would rather make something similar to something already reliable they don't need to make anything different it just doesn't have to require Facebook 
And that could be an interesting point that would separate this headset from Quest, because even in the in Europe or the US, there's still plenty of people who are not happy with the fact that we need to link our identities in our Facebook. Right, Sebastian? <laughs> in, in Germany, no. I mean, we cannot even buy the Quest 2. We can right, buy right. no no Facebook headset in Germany. So, yeah, like we would probably be great, grateful if it came here. So, <laughs> exactly. So don't you think that Piconio 3 has this leverage um, that can attract certain users to have the same benefits, maybe even more depending on how well they do the FOV and these curved screens and uh, maybe take more advantage of Snapdragon and offer something better? Maybe it will be even cheaper than what we can see now i think it totally can be a very a very good competitor especially because quest desperately needs a competitor it's becoming it's That's getting out sure. of hand we can see this so i think that there is there's something out there i would like to to see where it well goes. i i hope i hope you're right um I'm, I'm, but looking at the press release it seems that at the moment it's not where they're focusing on but of course i hope that you're right and it would be awesome. And also hope that HTC get it right with their next standalone. Right. Uh, that would be fantastic, you know, to have a really good, because they really have the money and the backing and it seems that they really want to go for the Western market more mm -hmm. or as much as uh, the Asian market. So it's going to be very interesting to see that battle, but I really hope that Pico, you know, can, can attract all those Westerners because they have a lot of work to do in their store. Uh, so right. I, I mean, I went into the, they did an update mm. recently and stuff, and it's still quite hard to, for example, you can't put a key inside and just redeem, a, you okay. know, mm. uh, stuff. Mm -hmm. you, you are supposed to be able to change your currency, but it doesn't actually, there's, there's a little bit of debugging to do there. So I think they need to get those kind of things right as well uh, to make it easier for people to purchase uh, apps for their friends or the families and all right. that kind of things as well. Right. So it, that, that it looks to me that both the Pico and HTC are targeting China because the Quest 2 is in there. But they've both sure. said that they don't want to compete with Quest 2 in the rest of the world, probably because they're not going to be able to get a, the price as low as the Quest 2. And they said in their uh, release that they are only targeting uh, business customers right. in the rest of the world. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it makes it hard for developers for us to be um, you know, motivated to support it because if, if there's no market if they're not going right. to sell units outside of China. It's, but, uh, but it depends on how they approach it. They might be changing their strategy because it, haven't they already included some of the big titles? What was it? Pistol Whip? A few other games that are already on this store? Maybe right. it's just the start. So they, they I'm actually curious. Yeah, I'm curious to see maybe how they will go about convincing developers to bring uh, games and apps on their platform if they're if Two that's billion their Chinese plan. people. That's the, no, that's the way to get them. I think I think you make an exa uh, a very good point, and exactly, Sebastian, as you just made you just mentioned. So I think over time, as they uh, as they amass all these developers and get the trust or the seal of approval from the development community, basically, uh, then it'll maybe it'll trickle down to the Western market. But like you just said, Sebastian, I think the way to lure all those developers is to say, "Hey, we got a billion more people for you." Uh, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of exciting yeah. in general. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it it really makes sense because if they would go now to the Western market, they would fail because well, just like 
just just like Guy said, they cannot bring the price of this down to 299 euros. They are a small, they are not a small startup, but they are still a startup, right? And uh, they would go into a battle that they can't win because, of course, people even here in right. Germany, we can't buy it, but okay, we can still buy it in France. I I, I go to Amazon France, right. I order it, and in two days it's here in Germany. So yeah, that's what we do here. So they have no chance actually to compete, and all the games, right? Like Oculus is killing it. They are killing it. So why would I go and buy uh, some Chinese headset that probably is going to cost like double the price as the Quest 2 and it doesn't have the games that I want, Resident Evil 4 and all the games that we're going to talk about. So it, it makes sense that they don't want to compete here in the West against uh, the Oculus and they can't. And, uh, and that's sad, of course, but we're going to get to this a bit later. So it makes sense that they're going to appeal to the enterprise market. I do consult companies here in Germany, and um, they, they do not want the Quest because they're also like afraid of uh, their data going probably right. to, to the Facebook servers. And uh, if you, you cannot simply buy a Quest um, and use it for for enterprise because you have to log in with your Facebook details doesn't work and then if you go for the enterprise quest 2 it's cost like thousand dollars and okay then I probably and you don't have access to the store either when exactly. you're a business customer <laughs> exactly yeah you can't right. play any games or yeah. install any apps from the store I have so right. many people who ask me oh I got a business quest how do I install virtual desktop I have to tell well, you can't because Oculus bought the entire store right so right. so it's not so exciting Actually, and lots of people ask me here in Germany, like in the enterprise market, so so how about the Pico Neo 2? And I tell them, yeah, the Pico Neo 2 is an interesting device, but now I will tell them, hey, the Pico Neo 3, obviously, right? It's probably, I, I will check it here on the channel when I'm coming out of my break. Um, yeah, how good is it? And probably it's going to be as good as the, as the Quest in terms of hardware. I believe so because the, the Pico Neo 2 was it's already... the same. It's probably the same, right? Yeah, exactly. The same chip and everything. So yeah. then it's going to be easy for people like Guy <laughs> to, to, to port the software onto the Pico Neo 3, right? It's not that easy because okay. uh, Oculus has their own SDK. Right. Uh, right. If, if right. you're a Unity or Unreal developer, it's fairly straightforward because uh, the, the plugins will take care of that for you. But uh, for me, in my case, I use the native SDK. Right. And so if I want to support a different headset, I have to, it's months of work for me. So it's oh, not something okay. I can just uh, do quickly. But OpenXR is becoming more popular and starting to, to get the, the headset manufacturers on board. So it's probably something I will be doing in the future, supporting my app through uh, with other headsets through OpenXR. That is cool. So basically it means if you would program like a version of virtual desktop against the OpenXR SDK, all the headsets that easy. support OpenXR would directly be able to use a virtual desktop. Yeah, correct. Wow. Just a couple of tweaks here and there, but it, yeah, I would be able to support all the headset, yeah. Wow. That, yeah. That, that's big, that that's cool. big news. Big news for you, Sebastian. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> like I have so many headsets here. <laughs> so it would be amazing to, to use them. And actually, that was also one of the questions from the community when I was asking on Twitter, yeah, do you have any questions for Guy? They were asking, oh, Guy, why do you only support um, Oculus headsets? But uh, it, it makes sense because they are the most um, popular headsets, of course, well, <laughs> right? <laughs> they have 99% of the market. So for any developer, sense, right? it will make sense to, to, have, yeah. to have that, right? So um, 
um, were you approached? Can I ask you this? Were you approached by other companies to to port your uh, your virtual desktop, for example, to the to the HTC Vive Focus or to the Pico Neo too? Or did did somebody ask you? Because you are obviously like the best guy <laughs> to to implement that functionality. Right. It would be yeah, I'm always approached. Yeah, I was approached by uh, at the manufacturers. Uh, uh, I can't really speak about it no because course, usually yeah. it's NDAs. But okay. Uh, okay. but yeah, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to supporting other headsets than the Quest Two uh, and, and the Quest. Uh, you know, there's a lot of companies that are jumping onto the mobile VR side, so I'm looking forward to seeing uh, competition. Actually, okay, perfect. Um, are you going to be on HTC's new headset? <laughs> uh, I I can't say yet, uh, but uh, hopefully yes, yes. Uh, okay, cool. You cannot officially say yes, but hopefully yes. Okay, that sounds that sounds pretty amazing. So wow. So that means that HTC <laughs> might not have an additional hardware in that case to patch to the PC, because that was a question we were asking ourselves: is whether oh wow, you have to I think put an extra thing, right? Oh wow, I do believe that now we have it confirmed that the next standalone headset from HTC <laughs> will be able to stream PC VR content. Oh. Gee, good to always good to have you on oh. the show to learn these kind of things. And all the people who are watching the show right now, they heard it first. And that brings us to our next topic here. And the next topic is the following: ViveCon 2021 is something that HTC has now announced on their Twitter account. Yeah, the Twitter account is very interesting. The HTC Vive Twitter account, I can just recommend everyone to um, follow them because there's always something exciting going on there. So May 11th, no, it's one day later actually than, uh, than the Pico thing. The Pico thing oh, is okay. Kind of, is on, yeah. So May 11th and 12th is ViveCon 2021. And HTC has announced that, and they are teasing a headset reveal. So I believe in the picture that they have um, posted on the Twitter, it seems to be uh, that uh, silhouette of that new headset, of that standalone headset mm -hmm. that we're all hoping for. So we don't know anything else about ViveCon 2021, but most probably only going to be about, yeah, it's not only going to be about this headset, but this headset should be revealed, finally. And I must say, I must tell you, in my opinion, they are not doing a great job like teasing it for such a long time. I mean, HTC, you know, they've been teasing that tracker for six days mm -hmm. where everyone thought, okay, that is the standalone headset. And I was the guy, right, who was like making the videos about it. Like, like I was so <laughs> excited about it, but then, and then it turned- They tricked you. Yeah, they tricked well, we you. All, they tricked we all, you. <laughs> to, to be fair, they tricked all of us. Yeah, okay, they, so they did. Yeah, <laughs> we, we were all dummies on that one. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah. And and uh, I, the thing about this that I want to tell everyone, I don't understand the Vive PR. Why don't they tell people like me before with embargo, okay, Sebastian, that is we're not teasing the headset yet, right? I mean, I wouldn't say anything, right? So, so why don't you? Why don't they just like tell me before? But anyways, that's another story. Now we're talking about uh, ViveCon 2021 and the headset, and um, they now teased like this one picture of of this headset where we see a camera. But now it seems they're only going to show us, give us more details uh, May 11th, and I have the feeling. It's a bit too long, the time from now until May 11th. 
How do you think about that, Tatiana? I I just wonder why they're being so secretive about it. Don't they really want to build a hype about it? it? Because if they are preparing something amazing, if there's like some kind of developed technology, better visuals, better resolution, FLV, I mean, wouldn't they want us to get hyped about it? I don't understand. I yeah, think I it's a little bit misleading. I mean, I personally think it's still going to be quite expensive for a standalone headset. Um, sure. However, they develop because oh, Vive always has a little bit like higher. I don't know. Um, they need to make money from the hardware as compared to so, Facebook who don't, right? So it's a different story. If they do have better better hardware packed into it, and it is going to be more expensive, I, I also think it's going to be one of the possible competitors to Quest to because, yeah, there are people who will be willing to spend more money to get a better quality headset and to have it wireless at the same time. I think it's a good move. I'm actually getting excited seeing so many really promising um, 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 wireless standalone headset coming out because, right. yeah, we, we need those. We really, really, really need those. I think so, too. I might expand my own collection because I've been a Quest girl <laughs> for so long. I really need to get more <laughs> right. to compare them. So this is good news for me personally. Going to be interesting. Lazius, what do you think? Do you think this is some? This is a headset that could probably compete against the Quest 2? What is it? Is it, is it just for enterprise? Or is it like something that's also for, um, for us and, and, and consumers with games and stuff? What do you think? Well, I, first of all, I think Tatiana made a very good point there um, in, in what she was saying. But also to, to add to that, um, you know, I mean, HTC, I think it's just great the way they tricked us. You know, to be honest with you, I think it's just a show of good sense of humor. And we shouldn't just take ourselves too seriously. I just mean. Yeah, that's um, for sure. Mean, <laughs> that's for right? sure. And, and, and also, um, it, it, I think they're just milking the cow as much as they possibly can, to be honest. Too much, uh, in, in my opinion. Oh, they're milking sure. that cow. Wow. But they have to. They have to because look at what happened with Facebook recently. They just, boom, went in there and they're like, how dare you start talking about HTC? No, 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 no. And then they came out with all their new stuff the last week and a huge offensive by them, right? So um, I think in terms of answering your question for, for this one, um, it's great that they released the Vive Focus because uh, it actually is a standalone headset as well. So it gave them some room to maneuver there in terms of experimenting potentially with some of the technology perhaps that they'll bring into uh, whatever headset they'll call it uh, that they hopefully will be revealing. So um, it sounds to me it could be for both business and consumers. But, you know, they did say, okay, now um, let's get down to business. Let's get let's down, get to, down business, to business, yeah. right? So that could be a hint. Um, right, right. That makes know, sense. We're, we're just going to have to see how it goes. Uh, but I think they definitely don't want to get this one wrong uh, if it is going to be for mass consumers, because it will be very hard for, I think, the general public to trust them if they, you know, if they get it wrong on, on this one yeah. compared to the Cosmos, right? Uh, where they they, got it, they kind of they kind of got it wrong with the cosmos. Uh, let's just say it right, and it was like, in my opinion, it was only one of their last chances with with a, with us consumers to get it right, but they couldn't get it right. So that is right. kind of a problem. The thing is, if this headset is for enterprise only, it wouldn't make sense that they're teasing it like they do. Because they tease it on on, H- on on Twitter as if it was for us consumers. If it was only for for enterprise, then they could just make like a, like one press release. Okay, this is our headset. Yep. This is the best for consumers. But yep. instead, they're doing it as if it was something that we should be excited about. What what do you think, um, Guy? 
Do you think this is going to be something that is for uh, consumers as well, or is it only enterprise? Um, I think they're going to market it as enterprise, so that way they can charge a premium on it and not look uh, too bad, right? They did that a bit with the Vive Pro, right? It's the professional, and right. but they charge a premium on it, but then regular consumers buy it. So I think it's going to be the same deal here where uh, they're not going to prevent regular consumers from getting it, but they're likely just going to target uh, professionals and enterprise. Okay, that makes sense. But why do they tease it as if it was something exciting for consumers? Is it just like uh, the PR department doesn't know what they're well, doing or what is it? No, it's because they want to sell it to consumers too. They just don't want to officially advertise okay. it as such. Right? Okay. Because if, if, if they release it as a, oh, it's a Quest 2 competitor, then immediately all the articles are going to come out. Oh, if you see releases a Quest competitor, but it's double the price. Okay, and you're right. All you're the right. negative headlines are you're gonna right. come in. Okay, that and, makes and also, sense. And, and also, let's not forget that you know, if you had, for example, Singapore Airlines or whatever airlines, you know, buying buying an enterprise headset, generally speaking, uh, you know, they would buy it in bulk. So suddenly you have a hundred or five hundred people or a thousand people uh, using it to be trained for whatever purpose. And then if indeed it is a good headset. Um, and they trust their company to have gone, oh, they bought this one because obviously it has to be the best one, then perhaps you know, that would also be a side door way to get them to boost sales on the consumer front um, after doing the right. enterprise sale. Right, that makes sense. So, so if this is an enterprise headset only, then there's probably um, not a game store, right? Guy, what do you think? Will there be something like oh. a Quest store or some, are there some mobile games mm. that could be played on this standalone or only streaming using virtual desktop? No, I think it's still going to be a, a good consumer headset uh, like like the original Focus were, right? They were, well, they weren't that great, but they were <laughs> consumer headsets, right? You could install games and all that, right? You could, okay. you could still do everything you, you do on a headset. So I, I don't think they would block that. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they're going to make it available for consumers, but I have a feeling that they're just doing this to avoid the comparison against okay. the Quest directly. So only like inform users they don't want a Facebook account are going to go and buy it, right? So. And they have Viveport. They do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You're right. Actually, Viveport is pretty exciting. I, I really like yeah. Viveport Infinity. Like it costs like fifteen dollars, yeah. but you have amazing games. Actually, also current games. Uh, so for people who are new to VR, who who don't know what to buy, actually, wow, Viveport Infinity is pretty amazing, and um, that's something that we should keep in mind. But um, yeah, they would have to bring in their mobile store for Viveport, right? I think they do have it in China, but they would have to also give us access in the West to it. I hope they would do that. Do you think they would do that? Probably yes, right? Would make sense. Yeah, that, that makes <laughs> yeah. sense, right? It makes sense, <laughs> exactly. Yep. You mean you, mean you, you can't use Viport in, in Europe? Um, yeah, the, the, the PC version, yes, but, um, oh, but not okay. the mobile version. Like there's a mobile version in China. Yes, uh, it's on the DPVR and also right, exactly. on, the, on the Pico, I think. Yep, exactly. But in in uh, in Europe, yeah. it doesn't. We don't have access to it. So that's and, something that they I, would have to do. And I really hope that if they do enable the Viport, that they give uh, people the ability to actually download the games directly on the HTC standalone and not uh, stream them, because uh, okay. uh, the streaming there's a huge lag issue. Okay. So 
we're, we're not there yet. So I hope that they do provide that flexibility as well. Right, right. That would make sense. Well, why wouldn't they allow it since it's a standalone headset and probably it could do it, so it makes sense. So it's going to be really exciting to find out what kind of headset it's going to be. So most probably it's going to be expensive. I think we all agree mm -hmm. on this, right? They are going to market this towards um, enterprise. So my guess... I say it's going to cost at least $799, so mm -hmm. $800. What do you think? I probably agree with that. It's going to be not as expensive as Apple, <laughs> but it's going to be something in between of the, the Quest and the Apple. Yeah, I think that's, that's a fair price, $700, $800. Would you buy it for that much? Me, yes, obviously, but I am also running MRTV, so <laughs> how about... Um, You'll buy anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll buy, I'll buy everything. So, Guy and Lazius, what do you think? How expensive is it going to be? Uh, Guy, you, you go first. 600, ah. just a guess. Okay, 600. <laughs> that just, sounds pretty Just okay. a guess. <laughs> no, I, have, I have no, no privileged information. <laughs> just <already>. a guess. <laughs> what do you think, Lazius? Alvin, did he just say the real price? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, could be anything, but uh, I think people, like Tatiana was mentioning earlier in terms of, you know, Facebook's privacy concerns and login stuff. Um, I think that, you know, I, I did a tiny little survey, but, um, you know, people seem to have said that they'd be very happy. Let's not forget that HTC have a very good following of they people. They do, they do. Uh, who are inching that they really want to go back to HTC, right? So they'd be very happy to pay an extra two, three hundred dollars to go back to, to yeah. HTC. So I think I think if it was six hundred bucks, seven hundred bucks, who knows? We could have a good competition on our hands here. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Wow, that would yeah. be very nice. So let's see if it was really like let's let's um okay I said eight hundred and uh, Guy said said six hundred, let's say seven hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> we have now fixed the price for this. So it's going to be six hundred and ninety-nine dollars. I would like the to price ask. Price is right. <laughs> exactly. Price I would is like. Right, yeah. I would like to ask the people who are watching this live right now. Would you pay six hundred and ninety-nine dollars for a VR headset that is good, probably better than the Quest Two in terms of hardware, that has like uh, its own store and that that allows you to stream your PC VR content and that will not require you to log in with your Facebook account. Would you buy this headset, say yes, and say no if you would not buy it? And please be honest about it, mm. <laughs> right? It, it, is, well, it is double the price of the Quest 2, right? So be honest. Would you buy it? Yes, say yes, and <laughs> no, say no. We'd really like to know what our audience actually thinks about it. So... So let's see what, what our audience says. Mm. So RG says $449 or bust. Janred says yes. <laughs> Let me put on my glasses to be able to read this. Um, Jarut, yes. If yes. they actually commit to it, yes. Artsin is, is honest. He says no. <laughs> Jojo, yes, yes. Yes, no more Facebook. Yes, uh, Artsin says no games. Yeah, probably that's true as compared to what Oculus has, right? They are they will definitely be in the in the advantage for for games, and we're going to get to this in, in the next topic. So Alfonso, no. Some yes, no. Get the Quest Three. So yeah, if they start to develop games as well, mm. then yes, probably no. Yep. So yep. Let's say probably it's fifty-fifty-ish. Uh, <laughs> mm. Also, was there any mentioning of, of controllers on this headset, or did I miss it somehow? No, we did, we don't know. They, we don't know anything. Oh, yeah. 
didn't even mention it because that's I don't know if we had a hand tracking feature and there are no controllers you just use your hands like what Apple seems to promote that would be a really cool thing to hype it up as well yeah right but we don't know anything yeah and um, the thing is we are really spoiled by Quest 2 because it's so good right it's so cheap (laughs) and and the hand tracking it's so good (laughs) right the, the tracking, everything is so good. So we are really spoiled, and it's not easy to compete against the Quest 2 because I must admit it, and you know I'm not a fan of what Facebook is doing with the, face, uh, with the forced Facebook login, but the device itself, it's great, and all the software, everything is perfect. I must admit it, it's the best consumer VR headset that we have right now. I, I heard there were a lot of issues uh, since version 27 or 26. There were a lot of people who were having... Really? Okay. A, lo- a lot of problems with her. With her yeah. Quest. I, I don't know. As you know, I don't have a Quest. I sold all my yeah. Quests, so I I don't oh, know. But wow. that's that's what I heard. Wow. Yeah, there's lots of performance regressions uh, since a couple updates. Um, okay. Um, the Guardian, especially, is just a pain in the butt. It just uh, it tanks the performance, and um, yeah, lots of users complain about that on on Reddit. And okay. Yeah, it it's been uh, it's been a problem for a few updates. Uh, so. All right. Okay, guys. It's all solvable. Interesting to know. Yeah, all right. of course, of course. And they got lots of people who will for sure work on this right now. Anyways, let's get to our next topics here. So we are now getting into Quest topics, into Oculus topics. So let's talk about these. And uh, I'm going to share my screen. The Oculus Gaming Showcase is going to go down next week. And we're probably going to hear from Lone Echo 2 again. No, not probably. We are going to hear from Lone Echo 2. We haven't heard from Lone Echo 2 for quite a while. They should have been uh, releasing their game like lots of uh, time before already. So it's 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 kind of time <laughs> that we hear what's going to happen with Lone Echo 2. And now we're going to hear from Lone Echo 2. And I would like to ask you. I would like to ask... Um, Tatiana, for example. Tatiana, what do you think? Is Lone Echo 2 going to become a Quest 2 exclusive or is it also going to come out on the Rift Store? Something yeah, that uh, Facebook has not done anymore, like uh, launch something on <laughs> on the Rift Store for PC. Well, it's a, it's a tough question. Probably maybe last week I would definitely say, no, it's not going to be an exclusive. Why would they ever do that? Of course, they <laughs> want to do it on Rift and everywhere. Let's make it accessible. But then... The surprise with the Resident Evil came to to see the light of the day for only not just exclusive for Quest systems, but for Quest Two. I mean, we'll talk about it, right? You're right, right. So after they pulled this stunt, I have no idea what to expect. <laughs> they might, they just might, but it'll be a real uh, betrayal because everyone has played who has played Lone Echo on different systems. They'll be expecting, you know, to to play the sequel, they'll be excited about it. If it's just Quest 2 exclusive, that will be a huge disappointment. And I don't know if that's what's going to happen. However, hmm, it's hard to say. It's it's really hard to say. It's, it's depending on how they want to play it. Right, right. Lazius, what do you think? Uh, well, a couple of things. First of all, why is there still a... Sorry, I don't mean to say this. You can say but everything is, on this show. It's amazing. Why is there yeah. an Oculus crystal? <laughs> Still, yeah, right. is it going to be? Is it going to be there for long? That's my first question. Okay. Um, is it going to no. be cross compatible with other VR headsets? If they're going to stop the rift and they're going to keep 
you know, the Oculus Store. I don't know, I'm just throwing this out in the air. Um, also, Paradise Decay was saying that there's a rumor saying that apparently it's going to be available as Quest 3, Quest 2 compatibility. <laughs> so what is that? No, he was, I think PD was only making now. a joke here. Hi, PD, good oh, to have you here. No, okay, no, no, right. no, 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 no. <laughs> wow. Now, that would be very surprising, but... Um, Bosworth has already, uh, in a recent AMA, said the Quest 3 is not a thing right now, and the Quest Pro 2, no, uh, the Quest 2 Pro also no, and the Quest 2 is going to be their headset for a long time now, so no Quest 3 and no surprises with, with Quest 3. So, um, yeah, um, Guy, what do you think about Lone Echo 2? Do you have an opinion about this? Do you think it's going to happen, uh, Quest 2 only, or is it going to be a Rift game? Um, it depends really when they started the uh, development because you know for Medal of Honor they had been on PC for a while, right? But then they kind of gave up on marketing anything. Just said, oh yeah, just release it, whatever. We spent so much money on it, and just release it. And it was like an afterthought, really. They didn't really care about it anymore. So I have a feeling if they announce the Echo Two, it's probably going to be uh, Quest Two only, maybe, uh, and maybe Quest because they have. They have a co VR running on Quest, right? So I have a feeling they probably would be supporting it, uh, Lone Echo 2 on the Quest 1. But it's definitely not coming out on the Rift Store. The Rift Store, in my opinion, is dead. And <laughs> Oculus wish it died sooner. Right, right. It oh makes no, no, I, I totally, I totally agree wow. with Guy. I totally agree. Why would they want to uh, yeah to to somehow uh, revive <laughs> the rift store the rift is dead for them they don't have the rift they don't sell it anymore right so so why would they come out with their blockbuster with with the really an amazing game most probably it's going to be an amazing game why would they encourage people to somehow get the rift s to play it right like a headset that they don't support anymore that they don't sell it doesn't make sense obviously like Super obviously, the Quest 2 is where it's at, right? Everything, all the excitement is about the Quest 2. It's a great headset, and they're putting all the resources there. So why should it be there, and why shouldn't it be on Quest 2? And then, really, they will, they're going to make every single person, even the people who have the Quest 1 and who are thinking, oh, I don't need to upgrade because I love my OLED. No, you got everyone has to get the Quest 2 now. That is the de facto standard for virtual reality. And right. here is your killer app. That is the it's only running on Quest 2. It cannot even run mm -hmm. on Quest 1. Right. I think I think it makes sense for them. They 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 um I would say they don't take prisoners. I think we agree we all agree on this, right, Guy? They yeah. don't take prisoners. Yeah. They are just going for it and they don't care about the people who got the Rift S, those few hundred yeah. thousand people. Right. They don't care about look at the numbers. Yeah, like they have probably that. My guesstimate is probably around five million Quest Two, two million Quest Ones, and about only ten percent of those users actually have a PC to right. run exactly. PC VR games. So right. for a game developer, if you want to release a game, you can either choose to target mobile, where you're going to reach like hundred percent of the user, or you can uh, target PC VR, where you're going to get ten percent of the Quest plus all the PC VR headsets, which is probably like maybe 1 million, 2 million total. So so it's kind of like a five, the market is five times bigger if you go for mobile. So it just makes sense from a business perspective to, to target the quest. Right, right. So, yeah, I think then we all I, think it's going to come out on Quest 2, right? <laughs> or does anyone think it's going to come out in the Rift? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Well, let's well, see. Well, I mean, 
I mean, I, I don't have tons of coding experience, but um, it, it, you can code for the PC version and then just render it in a way that you know it's optimized for the Quest. So it's not that simple. I, I, but I'm, yeah, but I'm kind yeah. of curious if they're. We will talk about the AirLink and all of that stuff. Yeah. So if they are making it native, it means that they're they're going to try to get people to actively use it too. How will they use it if there is no Rift Store, if there is nothing to stream? Maybe Rift Store will go um, under some changes and it won't be Rift Store anymore. It will be Oculus PC VR Store, something like that, with all the games that would only work through PC, but they're for, actually for Quest, not for Rift anymore. Yeah. Why wouldn't they do the, something like that? They're going to have to change the name for sure. Right now it's yeah. called Rift Store. And the rip is is dead or is going to die very soon. So, yeah, uh, yeah they, they will have to, to check. But I, I have a feeling that the games that Oculus will release will not be for PC VR. I have a feeling it's uh, Valve mm -hmm. and all the other players who are going to push PC VR. And they should because it's still a great uh, a great way to have games. And a lot of people want to you know, build their own PCs and, and tweak things and get the games running as best as they can. And a lot of people also don't like the the mobile graphics, right? Because they're a lot more simplistic and people want to have like the best possible experience and you need a PC to do that. So right. do you mm -hmm. think do you think that they would open the restore to be cross compatible with other PC VR headsets? I mean do you think that's Facebook? No. They they <laughs> haven't done that and I wish they that would be too generous <laughs> for yeah. that. No, I mean they, they would make money from it because they right. would actually take a commission or a cut or a sub license or whatever, right? But but aren't they all about exclusivity and that will be not exclusive at all? Like, like I guess they probably could... don't make a lot of money from the PC store, honestly. They probably right. make uh, like 1% of the Quest store revenue right now. It's, uh, it's so low. It's incredible. I can only tell you one thing. All these amazing games, Asgard's Wrath, and all these games, they are going to stream to the Quest 3. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, I said it again. <laughs> Cloud XR <laughs> streaming is going to happen. And uh, okay, probably not, not this year, but it's going to happen soon enough. We now just had the news that um, NVIDIA's Cloud XR is now um, also supported by, by the Amazon Cloud, right? So it's going to be very easy to set this up and to, to make this run. So in my opinion, all these games that are now exclusive to the Rift Store, they will be on the Quest 3 via cloud streaming. So yeah, one more time that I could mention that I believe in the cloud. <laughs> so you mean a bit yeah. like uh, what Shadow's doing, right? Or, or Viper? Yeah, yeah, of that course, is. of course, right. exactly. That's uh, that's going to be the big thing, uh, probably for the Quest Three or Quest Four. But it is it is going to happen. We don't yeah. need. And you know that yeah. Oculus put that uh, VRC note, right? That apps that stream to the cloud are not allowed on the store. Yeah, right. Because they, that they will means make that it. they're working on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, exactly yeah. I mean, you of all people know that the best, that of course <laughs> they are working on this right now. So that's why they're not allowing any Obviously. any other company to get into the market. It's just the same thing yep. like with virtual that's desktop. Yeah. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's get to the next topic very quickly. And yeah, we also have mentioned it before. And the topic is that Resident Evil. 4 is going to come out and it's going to be the first game that is Quest 2 only. So it's not even support it's not at all supported for the Quest 1 owners. So that is that is very re remarkable because before we had the clear announcement from Oculus that all games must be compatible for Quest 1 and 2, but it seems like with this 
this kind of policy is now gone. And I do see that we have now the goodbye for the Quest 1 owners, right? We, we, we see that Airlink is not supported on the Quest 1. We see now the first um, game, the first um, Quest 2 game is going to come out. So um, would you agree that now we're seeing the, the goodbye for the Quest 1, Lazius? Well, this is going to pose a lot of a lot of issues, I think, because the, the Oculus Quest One, if I'm not wrong, you don't need a Facebook account yet to play it, right? Is that right? If not until next year or something. That is right. But if you get a new, if you get a Quest One, you cannot right. make a new Oculus account. So before right. you could make, so you still have to use a Facebook account now. If you mean you still have to use a Facebook account now with the Oculus Quest One, I thought you had a choice. Um, if you already own, if you already have an Oculus oh, account, if you already, if you then already yes, it, but you right. cannot make okay. a new Oculus okay. account. So basically, right. you're still forced to make a Facebook account. Right. So for new new users, they have to right. create Facebook. Exactly. Right. So, so I think for all those who have been hoarding their Oculus Quest 1, waiting for, you know, whatever other headset coming, then that might, you know, cause some issues. We're going to look at, see a lot of Reddit things coming out and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, of course, if we look at the history, like Oculus Go, I think they stopped, you know, updating the App Store over there. Um, you know, so for sure, it's it's going to be a matter of time if you know app developers, you know, can't sell can't sell stuff on the Quest but One. I, then it doesn't I want make to make a correction. Stuff. Also, is is that um, it's still in the policy that if you're a Quest and Quest Two developer, your app has to work for both headsets. I think it's okay. only specific developers that have been granted permission to only support Quest 2, but the average indie developer has to support both headsets. It's it's uh, like a Facebook's favorite policy where their policy applies only to certain people. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's not a coincidence. Right. Sorry, I totally interrupted you. Uh, it's, I just I got really excited about what you're saying because it really makes sense. It's not a coincidence that it's Resident Evil 4. That's the game that gained that permission like Paradise Decay said here it's generating so much like attention from people who have never tried VR before but they played Resident Evil for years and right. now the only way they can play it is by buying Oculus Quest 2 not one not right. Rift right. Oculus Quest 2 and this is going to draw so many people just for yep. that one game and of if course. they get it amazing then yep. they will get VR fans for life this is yep. a brilliant move yeah, of course. And it's also, be honest, supporting the Quest One when you do a, a game for Quest One and Two, it's the same operating system. It's exactly the same code. The only thing, the only thing you need to change to support the Quest One is lower a bit your your eye resolution, and that's right. it. It supports exactly the same things, has the same hard, same like functionality and all that. So it it's really a, a like a decision for them not to support Quest One because it's not that much more work to do really. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's very interesting. So I would like to read out something from an AMA with Boss, Andrew Bosworth, the president for, of Facebook Reality Labs. And he says, we may eventually allow developers who have really high-end apps to target Quest 2 alone, but our very strong recommendation is to support both. And that's actually what we expect to have happen based on historical norms. So they, they they still recommend it, but but now it, it does sound a bit different than before. Before it was like like just like you said, like you have to do it. But now they are kind of going to a strong recommendation, and well, there's still probably an install base of one to two million Quest 
once. So, well, it's uh, for developers, it's still one million people who could probably give you a dollar. And yeah. well, if I was a developer, I would still, of course, do it for both. It makes sense, right? Just from, from, from the money. Depending, of course, uh, if you really want have this high-end app that only can work on the Quest 2, then, of course, it might you be... You can scale it down easily. It's, right, I, right. I, I think it's just, well, either they don't want to put... Uh, I mean, it's, it costs maybe a little more for a big studio to support another device because it's more testing. It's a little more... But it's not that much more complicated. Okay. And okay. it's also not that much more money. If we were saying that only 1% comes from the store, would you rather yeah. make that fracture of a percent or would you rather use this opportunity to push people to buy a more expensive headset? So oh, it's yeah. obvious yeah. what they chose. Well, content is king and this is going to put more pressure on HTC and, and uh, well, I mean, because not going for, for the masses, but whoever will be coming out, you know, it just goes to show that these are the kind of marketing strategies I think competitors will also have to think about quite seriously. Right, right. So, wow, very interesting what we see here. Anyways, Facebook is pushing the Quest 2 like never before, right? It's, uh, again, this uh, very competitive price point, all the apps and all the games, everything is coming out on this headset. And, well, I must tell you, that's where it is. That's where the VR uh, industry is right now, the Quest 2. And um, Andrew Bosworth has also said, like, okay, the Quest 2 is where it's at. We're not having the Quest 3. The Quest 3 is not a thing. It's not going to come out in this year. Also, there's no Quest 2 Pro coming out in this year. There was this rumor that's going to come out based on an AMA that he did before. So now he made it super clear, no Quest 2 for the foreseeable future. And that's it. And for sure, they do, a working, they do work on other things, but that's not going to come out this year. So everyone can focus on this year. And... Well, they are like pushing out the updates like crazy, right? You can see they, they are working on this. They are improving it. It's getting better and better. And now we're getting to update number 28 of the, so of the software. And uh, that was, of course, big news. So let's have a look what the update number 28 can do. It's going to get AirLink for wireless PC VR, something completely innovative and new. <laughs> right, and then it's going to have <laughs> it's going to have a 120 um, hertz refresh rate. That is, that is of course very interesting for for this headset, uh, and it's, it's going to have keyboard and desk tracking. Something something on, honestly very exciting and very interesting that you can see your uh, keyboard in in VR at, at the moment there's only one keyboard that is supported i think it's it's a, it's a logitech keyboard that you can buy and then you can see that keyboard in VR as well together with your hands so that should make it easier for you to to do to work mm -hmm. in virtual reality and that's something <laughs> that is absolutely the keyboard is discontinued by the way they don't make it anymore Oh, this 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 keyboard you cannot buy it anymore. Well, oh no! But you can you no, can no, buy but it, but it's on the it. existing inventory. Wait, which keyboard? Have. Sorry, which keyboard? It's a Logitech K eight thirty. Right. Oh, the official keyboard you can't buy it anymore. Oh wow, that is interesting. Well, you can buy it on Amazon, but it's usually from resellers or okay. like I don't right. think Logitech makes it anymore. So but I, that they they're going to really add more keyboards. Though. I know. That's interesting. 
because I assume so they picked this one specific model K830 I assume you know as all these new features there'll be an experimental feature and they are decided to yeah they chose this keyboard for whatever reasons they had and to have a one-to-one match with an actual keyboard and the one you see so that's why it's only one model and um I I, they 100% they will include more models as they master this technology but what's the point of discontinuing what's the point of choosing something that's already discontinued or what's the point of discontinuing it after they do this started work on this probably two years ago and that was like a popular keyboard yeah. and now that it you know keyboards they they change every year right so so now they have the pressure to get this technology nailed down as soon as possible to include other keyboards right, <laughs> but right. we hope they will get it done <laughs> i'll be honest i already ordered it <laughs> as soon I mean, as i read about it because i want to check it out you should yeah. they're going to be hard to get i'd love to know how they scan that specific keyboard because every keyboard is more or less the same size um right. you know maybe the keyboard has something inside i it's it's fascinating to know how they do this stuff. To be honest, yeah, they, they like, um, 3D model it. They 3D model it essentially. So they need to have a model of the keyboard. The manufacturer tells them the dimensions of all of the yeah. you know physical dimensions of all that. They model it, and then through image recognition, they can recognize. Okay, it's a K830. I know it's this model that I use instead. And there you go. Right. So they'll have to do that with each keyboard, which is a lot of work. But that's the only way to get a one-to-one right. mapping. Right, right. But there's this other app, it's called Immersed, where you can also bring in your keyboard and you, you kind of only show the software, okay, where's my uh, Q key, where's my P key, for example, and then it kind of maps it. It's not 100%, mm. but it works pretty well, I must say. So for all the people who want to try this out now with other keyboards, you can check out the uh, Immersed app. You can get it for free mm. on the Quest Store, and that kind of works pretty well. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that is a cool feature, of course. I think it's it's great that you can bring in things into virtual reality and work in VR, and um, yeah, it's, it's I'm so uh, excited it's about it. Yeah. I'm just uh, I just wanted to say that I'm you know I'm a strong advocate for productivity and learning in VR and uh, one of the like really big disadvantages of learning in virtual reality is that you are you can't really take notes like some of the research says that the students are like learning there but you can't jot something down quickly and bringing the virtual keyboard kind of solves that because whether mm-hmm. you are taking like a business meeting or you're at a conference you're attending some kind of business event working with your team remotely, or in my case, in the case of my research, you're learning languages and you want to write down that word or that phrase real quickly right, so that right. you remember in the past. This is amazing. And uh, the better this technology works, the better it is for learners and for like people to increase their productivity. Right. I totally agree. And also there's a great software uh, application that you may have tried called Glue. Um, now in Glue, you can't use your keyboard, but you're talking about t- taking notes and it's so easy how, as to how you can put notes on post-it and then just post them on a board or just mm-hmm. leave them in the air and stuff. So yeah, you're right. It's it's that, you know, but that feedback I would that you like, have with a keyboard. Right, but I would like to see the kind of technology that would be overlaid over any kind of an app. Like there was an app that you could use your mobile phone, like your smartphone, mm-hmm. but yep. only through that specific app. And what I yep. want to see is to be able to see my phone in any game or any app that I'm using. So that right. would be useful in this case. That would be really cool. Sadly, there's no uh, there's no API on Quest for third-party developers to do overlays. Uh, there was one app that tried to do it, and it's called uh, YourFit, and they got uh, sniped. <laughs> <They no longer laughs> yeah, right. exist. So, yeah, no, we can't do uh, 
overlay apps only. Uh, same with uh, the Rift Store, only Oculus does overlays in, in on top I, of other I, games. That's interesting. I guess, I guess that's where uh, MR will maybe take take over VR in terms of these kind of things, perhaps. Mm. I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Well, Steam, Steam VR supports it. Steam VR lets you bring any uh, other third-party app within your games and all that. So on, on that side, they, they have a lot of support for that stuff. Right. But I hope they will do it on Quest. Uh, that would be that would be so good. Like also for like people who want to stream and read the chat, right? If you want to read yeah. what people are like saying when you play games, so this is something that is that is sorely missing right now. But I believe it's going to happen at one point. So bringing in the keyboard is actually a cool feature, and and, and I think it's it's a great thing that they included it. Also, the 120 hertz feature, it's kind of surprising, right? That like a $299 device, uh, $299 plus your privacy, is going to um, have something like this, 120 hertz. Um, do you think that um, that developers are really going to uh, implement it into their games? Because it also means that the, the battery life of the, of the Quest 2 will be shortened through this, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. You need a yeah. You need a, a game that actually is uh, simple. In order to do 120 hertz on the Quest today, you can't have a graphically intensive game. Uh, most of the like uh, rapid games, like uh, ping pongs, or you know, there's record free, eleven table tennis, and cubism, like simple graphical games, will be able to do it. But I think most apps, or even most apps today, are still stuck at uh, 72. Uh, only yeah. a couple do 90. And so right. 120 is going to be uh, very limited. Like in my case, I will support 120 hertz for uh, VR streaming from the PC, but supporting 120 in the environments for desktop streaming, like I'll, I'm still working on optimizing things, but I probably won't be able to do it in all environments. For example, I'll just have to pick only a couple will be able to do 120 hertz because it's very, very demanding for mobile processing. Right. Right. Probably right. So it's one of it's yeah. one of these things that everybody's getting excited about it without really understanding that they're not it's, going to get yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. They like, still don't have 90 hertz in most <laughs> yeah. of the games, and they think they will get 120. It's for, the, it's for the YouTube thumbnails. 120 hertz, incredible. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? I must well, click this now. I mean, Alex from, uh, from Alex VR, right, uh, from Between Realities, he was saying, you know, it's really about checking those boxes, you know. Yeah, of course. 120 hertz, ding. So I think he's absolutely right. You know, it's just the fact that there you go, it has it. It's there. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Also, but John, Carm yep. John Carmack did say during um, <clears throat> Facebook Connect that, you know, he was worried about the cooling issue because he did mention that the cooling wasn't as good as Quest 1. Uh, so it could, you know, potentially cause some issues. But again, as Guy is saying, you know, it would take time for VR developers to build their apps to run at that kind of uh, refresh rate. Right. So just like person person in our chat is saying right now, marketing gimmick. <laughs> I, I really also think, okay, it's a marketing gimmick. Facebook can now say, okay, they have 120 hertz. So nobody's going to use it. But, well, if somebody uh, doesn't really understand all the details, they right. will see, hey, 120 hertz, wow, that seems to be better than, I don't know, all the other mm -hmm. headsets on the market or most, <laughs> most other headsets. So that is like a good point. Now, now we're going to get to the big topic, and it's going to be so interesting to find out what Guy thinks about it. Of course, we have already, at the beginning of the show, got a glimpse of what you think about it, but it's going to be really interesting to get into depth now. And now we're going to talk about the Airlink feature. So with update 28, uh, Facebook 
allows <laughs> for the first time, uh, not really, users to um, wirelessly stream PC VR content from their gaming PC over to the Quest using the normal Wi-Fi network. So that is not really new. That is actually a functionality that virtual desktop, your software gi, it, um, yeah, it had this kind of functionality since like a year, no, more than a year, more than a year, like uh, it's Quest One launch on, on the Quest Quest One launch, even <laughs> so, so really yeah. like one and a half years. So uh, functionality that lots of people want, obviously, since the since the Quest One and Two, they are wireless, and you provided that feature, but then Facebook said, no, we can't have this on our store, and they abandoned. Uh, they didn't allow you to post to have this feature on the store. So you could not sell your app with that feature. And could you tell us why, what they said, like why did they not allow you to have that feature on the store? Well, officially there what it was uh, comfort, security, blah, 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 BS, right? In <laughs> uh, reality is, uh, oh, we're actually working on that and you beat us to it. So that's really the reason they, they blocked my feature because they were working on the link cable and maybe wireless future, but they weren't ready. And I, they probably thought that it was not something important uh, for them to have. And they probably wished that the Rift store would die eventually. But of course that doesn't happen. The Quest doesn't have enough content. People want to have more experiences in VR. So they hook, up, hook it up to PC, right? So that's the feeling that I have is that they were bummed out that I, I kind of got something before they did. So they just blocked it and prevented me from from competing with them wow that is that is uh sad <laughs> so um yeah. you, you also think it's actually also was like competition for their link cable well i never thought about this yeah it makes sense right because they they had like an 80 dollars cable <laughs> that they want to sell but if they can get um your software for 20 dollars and it's wireless it's like a it, it's a no-brainer to get your software instead right yeah, uh, there's there's that there's a link cable, and they probably also didn't think it would work well for majority of people, and and uh, you know that's what we heard that they were from Carmack that there was a lot of uh, of uh, fight inside of Oculus where they were they wanted to say oh is it good enough for for some people because it's not good enough for everybody is it something we should release and there was probably a lot of debate internally, and I think the popularity of my app showed them that. It's something people wanted, even though they need a good network, they need a good PC and all that. But a lot of people, uh, you know, play hours every week and they enjoy it. So it's, it's probably because my app was so popular that decided, okay, let's actually move ahead with the release of, of this Airlink. Okay. And also, they always have these experimental features. They never really have the problem. Just adding this little sentence that says, hey, guess what? This is experimental, so it means that it might not work perfectly all of the time. And just the fact that they completely forgot that they have it and just said, oh, we can't guarantee the quality shows the, the kind of BS that statement was. Yeah, they didn't allow my feature in the store because they said the Quest platform is not for experiments. And then a few months later, they added the experimental tab. <laughs> <laughs> on the quest, I was like, what the hell is that thing? Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. And yeah. now there's a ton of stuff on the experimental tab. You have like uh, Bluetooth connections, you have uh, uh, some, you know, there's a ton of stuff there. The couch, like the couch feature they the added, couch I, really, yeah. I really think that the couch was just a practice for the desk. 
Because yeah, right, now right. that we will have the desk. Oh, let's add something really useless in. People like love it. <laughs> I don't. I used it once. I never use it again. But but people loved it, and they only. I really think they only included it to test out how it's going to go, how yeah, people will perceive it before right. adding the desk. So it right. was totally experiment. We were like the subjects of their study. <laughs> they were testing yeah, of this feature on us. Agreed. So um, right. I, I just want to know, um, Guy, how did actually Facebook tell you that you're not allowed to have virtual desktop on the store. Is there actual communication going on? Is it like um, you you told Facebook, hey, you know what, Facebook, I have this cool feature that people can use the Quest wireless, and they straight out told you that, what you told us now, or what they also later in tweets told you? Or how can I imagine does this kind of communication work if there was communication? Tell us a bit more about that. Well, basically, I, I had been working on it for a few months, and I it's not something that I had ready to put in the, the, the bill that they tested, right, for the release. So it's not something that I uh, I told them anything about. It's something I was working I was myself not even sure. Is it going to work? Is the latency going to be low enough? Is it going to be something that people can use? I had no idea. But I worked on it. I worked on it. And, set, you know, a week after Quest release, I, I put it in the bill, but I didn't advertise it. I just put it there. I said, if people find it, I'll be curious to know what they think, right? Because essentially the way it works is once you're connected to computer, you could just launch Steam VR and it would automatically jump in VR in the headset, right? So there's nothing you have to do. It just works. And then so I put it in and I think it took another week before someone found out and then and it went on YouTube and then all people were like, oh, you can actually just launch CDR and it works, right? So, and then I got a phone call from Oculus and they basically told me uh, either you uh, remove the feature or we're going to pull your app from the store. Wow. So wow. I didn't wow. really have a choice. It was either, you know, um, you know, it, no income or I have income, <laughs> but then um, there's a missing feature in there. So it, is it because uh, of Steam really that they removed it? Well, think? initially, yeah. my app only did Steam VR streaming. It right. could be, but um, I think it's just because they were afraid that uh, you know it would uh, overshadow what they were working on with Link and all that, right? So, um, but uh, yeah, so so thankfully the SideQuest folks, we you know, told me, hey, you can actually put stuff on SideQuest and you could mm -hmm. put your feature behind that. So that's what I did. I put it on SideQuest and made it available there. So it they reached out to you. They reached out to you to suggest that you do that? I think it, if I recall, it was some folks who suggested that, oh, you could put the feature on SideQuest. And I thought, oh, that's, actually, that's a great idea. And I looked into that and decided, oh, yeah, let's, let's do that. Cool. And it very nice because uh, SideQuest made it a lot easier. It is still complicated for the average user, but it made it a lot easier to install the patch and have access to the feature. Right, but it's and still complicated. I mean, uh, for the normal for the normal user, oh, yeah. for the for the normal person, it's like too complicated yeah. to make like an organization, then go to the to the install demo. USB drivers. Yeah, it's too it's too much. It's it's like a hurdle yeah. that is for for normal users too much. For us who are watching this this podcast, we're obviously like enthusiasts no and no problem. But for the normal user, basically, no wireless streaming. Right, right, mm -hmm. right. Yeah, Tatiana, you wanted to say something? Or Lazius, you wanted to say something? Yeah, what, what changed? Um, did they have a management change? Or did they, how did you How did you hear about getting your app eventually on the store? How, how did that go about? Well, I was kind of surprised, honestly. Um, when I heard that, uh, you know, because I made an application for App Lab when App Lab was released, and it was essentially just a patch that uh, 
installed the side quest patch and then launched launched the original app. And so, um, and then when I released that, they sent me an email. They said, oh, "Okay, we're going to deny you for App Lab, but we're actually going to approve you on the stores." So I was like, "Oh wow, that's cool!" Okay. I was super happy. And then, and then I started. Now thinking, you know why. Well, that's <laughs> now you know why. Weird. Why would they do that now? Is it uh, because all of a sudden they gave up on doing wireless streaming and they're going to let me, you know, own oh. the space, oh. or they're just about to release their own and they don't want to seem like they're uh, anti-competitive? So uh-huh. we all know what happened. They just said, <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking about, since you've mentioned that, do you have any idea, what do you think would be the strengths, like the greatest strengths of the virtual desktop, what it could be the bigger advantage of it compared to AirLink? Like what's your, um, you know, what do you think about it? Well, the thing is AirLink will always have better compatibility with games because since Oculus doesn't have drivers, what I do is essentially a hack. I have to tell the game, no, don't load the Oculus runtime, load my runtime instead. And mm-hmm. that doesn't work with all games. Some games crash, some games uh, relaunch themselves. Therefore, it's not able to correctly see the quest. So for compatibility, there's always going to be some games that are only going to work on Airlines. Um, with virtual, that's not what I like about my app compared to the whole link cable thing is that you have access to your desktop. You can just double click the menu button and you switch directly to your desktop and you don't have all the clunky Rift interface, right? So I think mm-hmm. that's very useful. Um, I have also a lot more options to control color, vibrancy, brightness, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Oculus usually just go for, there's one color and that's it and you can't change any of that, right? Mm-hmm. But in the but, back of your mind, you you would have, uh, you, I mean, you obviously always knew that one day this thing oh, yeah. would happen, right? So yeah. you probably do have some tricks up your sleeve. Is there anything you can share with us today? Well, I've been working on other features. Well, I can't say too much. Because <laughs> Just like one little trick. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I'm working on other things that are not. Uh, VR streaming or desktop uh, related, but uh, some additional features in the app, which will uh, hopefully add a lot of value. I think will add a lot of value for people. So I've been working on that and I will continue to improve the experience because we have to see if AirLink is actually going to work well. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling from their thing, they're like requiring a secured Wi-Fi connection. So I have a feeling they're not doing encryption in their, uh, so they're probably going to be very, uh, OCD about certain network setup, I have a feeling. Uh, if you have like uh, two routers or anything out of network, it's probably not gonna work. So I have a feeling that my app will still be a good backup solution in any case. Um, yeah, so speaking of that, do you think that Oculus would try to do something to, I don't know, would they be okay with keeping you on the store as a competitor? Because I think someone I think yes. uh, mentioned, oh. do you suspect that Facebook suddenly will change their APIs and break your app? No, no, no. I, I don't think they would do that. I think they're going to allow my app to be there. But obviously, uh, probably something like 90% of my sales will disappear because that's what people bought my app for. And I was kind of expecting it. So it's not a big surprise for me. Um, also, when I started working on this feature, I never advertised it in in my app in the app store, or I never did videos about it to advertise it because I knew at any point they could just come in and pull the plug on it or copy me and do the same thing, right? Um, and it's also something that I was kind of prepared for because of the same story that happened on the on the Rift side back in 2016, right when they released the 
uh, a clone of virtual desktop into their platform. Right. Right. Uh, so I was kind of expecting something similar here. So I was kind of prepared for for that. Right, that makes sense. Um, let's talk for a moment about the technology of Airlink. Do you have an idea how they do it? Do they use exactly the same method like you do? Or could you give us some insight what you think, how it's work, how it's actually working? Is it exactly the same like virtual desktop? Well, uh, the, the link cable is already the same process that I that I do and that ALVR did in the past. And it, I didn't invent it, right? ALVR and uh, what's the other app? Like Rifcat, they did. They had something working on Go Gear VR, right? I simply uh, made it an improved version, improved latency, and things like that. So essentially, it's the idea that you uh, you send the head pose and the and the controller pose to the computer. Computer uh, emulates that you have a headset, renders the game and then compresses the image to video, sends it to the Quest, and then the Quest displays it. And that whole pipeline is exactly how Oculus Link works, because Oculus Link is not a, a, a D, uh, like a HDMI or a DisplayPort cable. It has to compress the video, send it over, and then do time warp on the headset to compensate for latency. So it's exactly the same thing as my app, as ALDR, as uh, RiftCap. So there's there's different slight differences in implementation, probably. But uh, it's very similar. Okay, but um, mm -hmm. the only difference is that they have access to things that you cannot access on the development level, right? Like, uh, yeah, right. like the PC runtime, like the Rift runtime. Essentially, since they wrote it, they have access to it. They can do that, and because they don't expose a driver API, I had to essentially rewrite it entirely and take guesses as to how they probably do it. So I had to rewrite an Oculus runtime on my end to simulate what they are doing. Right. Do you think it would be possible for Facebook with some kind of changes to make your wireless streaming completely useless and not, not workable? <laughs> no, and I don't think they would do that. Like I yes, I say that they're they're pretty bad for blocking my app, but I don't think they're that evil. I, I, like I, <laughs> okay. They're only a bit evil, but value. not that evil. That's <laughs> right, exactly. Well, I mean there's also legal reasons, right? But it happened to your somehow. It, it did Didn't happen it happen to, to your so to your it happened, yeah, to your fitness. But it right? was not on this they weren't on the store, right? Because they essentially used a hack to be able to display an overlay. Um, so there was a tool, like a developer tool called OVR Metrics, that was an Oculus tool that let you uh, display performance graphs. And essentially, the they leveraged the uh, the ability of that app to display the overlay with your fit. So that's how they could display an overlay in other games. But and they they essentially told Oculus, here's here's what our ID for app, there's what it does, it tracks uh, your you know the calories you burn and all that and oculus said oh yeah okay that's interesting we'll think about it and then they never allowed them on the store and then a year later they had a duplicate uh, they had a clone of that right, feature right. in oculus today right so mm. yeah right we had six live in the in the last week's episode so we talked about this in detail yeah. so if you want to know more about um, how facebook dealt with your fitness please check out last week's episode of the next dimension podcast it was very very interesting yeah, so, wow, crazy. But um, don't you think that that Facebook should have this kind of functionality in there in the very beginning with the Quest 1 already? Like, like why, why, didn't they, why, why, do, why didn't they have it? My feeling, like I said, is I, I think they probably wish that the uh, Rift Store and PC VR would eventually die. They probably, or they had very little... Uh, 
interest in it. So they said, oh, yeah, we're going to develop like a cable and maybe we'll go wireless in the future if it doesn't die out, right? That's probably what, what their, their uh, idea was at the time. And then they were kind of surprised that I had something working at launch and then they blocked me and then they're like, okay, we're going to release it. And now they saw how popular it was on Quest 2. I was probably like in the top three or top four apps on the Quest Store. And so, you know, they saw how popular it was. They're like, okay, we're going to make it work in home Wi-Fi's and, and the same way that, that the virtual desktop does because it adds value to the, to the ecosystem. So. Right, right. Do you think it's also because at the time they didn't perhaps want people to experience PC or have a comparison to PC VR because at the back of the mind they knew that the graphics wasn't as good. So whoever was on the quest and having their first VR experience, they just that would be what they know uh, before they launched the whole link kind of thing. And then they, you know, I'm talking before they launched. Uh, the Ocus, well, I, uh, it might also be because it takes them more time to develop things than an uh, individual developer like me, right? So for me, I start working on this, and I think the first implementation took me something like five or six months to, wow. to get mm-hmm. it up and running. Right. But right. for Oculus, it's a big company. There's uh, management, there's layers, you, you know, it's, it's a lot more complicated to develop something uh, over there. So maybe that's just why they were just slow at, at getting, getting the link cable released. Right. I don't think there was any nefarious reasons about not letting people see how PCVR is because I think they wanted to sell the, uh, maybe it's also a marketing thing where they want to sell the Quest and say you don't need a PC, right? That was their marketing initially. As no PC needed and no cables needed and they sold it, right? If they had a cable that you could plug in your PC, then I think the messaging would have been a bit unclear. Right, that makes sense. So we have um, a question here from Desitronic. Thanks for the two euros. Um, Guy, could Airlink have a much lower latency than virtual desktop? Uh, it's probably very similar. Like already today, virtual desktop has about the same latency as Oculus Link. Even though <laughs> That's, it's crazy. Able, so. <laughs> That's crazy. That's um, crazy. And it's built on the same kind of uh, approach, right? It's... Uh, uh, maybe they 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 might have built it more into the OS itself, but the initial Oculus Link was essentially an app that talked to the PC app and that did exactly the same thing. So I don't think there's anything much different here. It's the same approach. They might have a, a few uh, advantages here and there because they can uh, do better timings with the compositor when they decode the video and things like that. So they can gain maybe like up to a frame, maybe like 10 milliseconds, but... Uh, from what I've seen, it's a, it's about the same. Have you tried the Pico Neo's um, Airlink? <laughs> I don't know what no, to call it. I haven't tried any Virtual of the desktop? <laughs> No, I haven't. No, I don't have a yeah. Pico Neo or whatever new HTC uh, headset is now. So, but I, I'm hoping to get those uh, later this year and hopefully port my app to those. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh yeah, we're looking forward to that too. <laughs> You know, since you said that you beat them to it, you created something that Oculus didn't, and they were actually actively working on it. How come they didn't hire you yet? I mean, I would expect that you're already the official developer for Oculus. Did they want to hire you? They did back in 2016 when the Rift launched. So my my PC app virtual desktop that lets you control your computer in VR was uh, like one of the top five apps in VR and they saw how popular it was and they approached me. They were interested in buying the intellectual property and hiring me right for a few years. 
but they just you know this, their offer was uh, pathetic and so i and i didn't want to give up my all the work that i did for what they they right. were offering so i said i'll stay independent and i'm so glad i did now because you know if, if you go work for them essentially you're not able to work in the space on your own after that right you're kind of a, you give up all your intellectual right. property right so right. i'm so glad i didn't because um mm. you know the, the app on pc has been very popular and the one on on mobile vr has been even more popular so i'm so glad i didn't join them mm. interesting makes, yeah i was really H curious about that yeah well what what do you know anything at hp because we know they'll be releasing a standalone i mean uh, what i mean we know is they must be working on a standalone uh, do, you, do you know anything? Do you think HP is that a brand that attracts you to potentially work with? Because they're going to need some kind of, you know, virtual desktop solution, right? Uh, I, I would imagine. Um, I, I haven't been in contact with HP, so I can't say. But uh, even if I were in contact, I'd probably be under NDA. I wouldn't be able to talk about it. So just right. But right. I'm looking forward to 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 supporting more uh, mobile VR headsets because it's definitely the future and even um, cloud streaming, I think, is the future too. So, exactly. Also, for cloud streaming, like like Shadow PC, there you can use your app, virtual desktop, actually, to now cloud stream games to the Quest and the Quest Two uh, with the Shadow Gaming PC. So that's something super interesting. And I want to get back to the part where you just said you're so happy that you didn't start to work for Facebook but build your own product and can keep it. And I think you did obviously a great job. And now virtual desktop is a is a great IP itself. It's it's you made a name for yourself with virtual desktop. Like the whole industry knows virtual desktop is an amazing app. It works perfectly well. And uh, people know that you are like the star programmer. So I think you did everything right not to join Facebook. And uh, that's something that I simply wanted to say. Now, um, one question that interests me and you have mentioned already like that you expect that you will have less uh, less um, sales now. Of course, it makes sense, right? People yeah. will get it for free and they don't need it anymore, virtual desktop. So did, can you already tell now that there's like refunds, for example? Are people refunding your app now? Or can you feel something about it? Uh, no, but actually like the refund window is small. Like you have to have played the game less than two hours and you have to have right. owned it for sense. less than two weeks right. right so i'm not worried that people are refunding it and the thing is my app is still super useful for for a lot of things right you have uh really cool environments where you can uh watch movies and and, and oh, play yeah. regular pc games um i'm working that i can say i'm working on the videos tab which will let you uh, stream 180 and 360 videos, uh, download them to your headset. And so it's going to be a, like a real multimedia experience. So you can do everything oh. that you normally do with your PC. So, yeah, uh, I really love those large screens. They're so cool. And I'm sure that a lot of people, including me, would love to see even more environments because we love them. <laughs> yeah, we're actually working on more. And uh, so I can't wait to share more details about that. So I'll, I'll, I'll keep updating the app. And the app is definitely not dead. It's, it's going to continue to evolve and add lots of value for users. Oh, we're very happy about that. That is cool. amazing. And I, I really can't wait to see your app on other systems, on other headsets that don't require you to log in with Facebook. And uh, I, I do see that there is a future where these headsets are also like 
readily available and also not super expensive. So I think we're going into this kind of future where there is going to be a competitor. Would you agree on that assessment? Or do you think like it's going to be Facebook, Facebook all along for the next, I don't know, five years or what? Well, I hope there's going to be competition. I think it's going to be, <laughs> sorry, hard uh, for other manufacturers to sell at the same price. Uh, the headsets are probably going to be a little more expensive uh, because they can't, uh, they can lose money like Facebook does on each headset, right? Um, but, you know, in the console uh, space, uh, Microsoft, Sony, there's a bunch of different competitors that do the same thing, right? They sell their consoles at a loss. So I'm hoping there will be other uh, big players that are going to jump in there. I mean, the, there's so many headsets that are being sold that uh, I'm sure other people are going to jump in. What, what do you think? Who is going to? Who has the biggest chances to be that big one competitor? Is it going to be uh, Sony or is it going to be Valve with streaming Steam VR content? What, what do you think? I don't know. It could be Valve, but Valve has a major interest in staying on the PC market, right? Because that's where Steam is, and I think it would probably be way too out of their zone to do mobile store and mobile VR, right? So I, I have a feeling if they're working on anything, I don't have any information, but if they work on anything, it's probably like a wireless PC VR uh, system. In that case, my app is useless because they're going to have that built in, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's probably my guess is that they want to compete with the wireless PC VR stuff. So I'm probably, probably working on that. Okay. Yeah, that makes, that makes lots of sense. Um, yeah, let's see what they have. And that's exciting. That's yep. very it exciting. Is. It is. Yeah, it's going for, to be. For the VR space, I think. Yeah, very exciting. Absolutely. Yeah, um, Tatiana and uh, Lazius, do you have any more questions for Guy? Or should we turn it uh, to the to our people here in the chat to ask questions? You know, actually, I saw a question in the chat that okay. I was also wondering about. May I, may I read it out loud? Yeah, it's sure. from Chris Richardson. Any possibility of a multi-user virtual desktop in, uh, environment, Guy? Because I was also thinking if I was sitting in that amazing <laughs> cinema-like right, environment, right. I'm like, I wish I could like watch this movie with my friends. It would be awesome. What What do you think about it? Can we expect um, it? <laughs> I don't have uh, short-term plans for multiplayer because there are other apps that do this already. There's a big screen, right? That does a uh, uh, multi-user viewing. And so I don't want to kind of encroach on their uh, space too much either. So no short-term plans, but uh, maybe in the future, who knows? Because mm -hmm. okay. you, you have a you have a large following in Discord, right? I mean, you have quite a large amount of people there. So if there was a way for your Discord to be in VR via your virtual desktop app, I think might be yeah. to look at perhaps. The thing is a completely different, like I'm not like, People think that I'm a, a programmer and all that, but I'm I'm really not good with graphics programming or any game development. Like I have no experience in game development itself. I my my background was this in developing tools for the game industry, so I only did uh, like side stuff. I never worked on an actual game before. So all all of this stuff is new to me. So multiplayer in a VR game would be a completely new. It's fun to learn. But it would be it would take me months to get up to speed <laughs> where other apps are. That makes sense. Um, Paradise Decay has a question. Guy, what are your thoughts on the PlayStation VR two? And I, I must I also want to add, like, do you think it's going to have a wireless option? Because they did say it has a wire, but probably there's going to be a wireless option later. What are your thoughts on it? And are you excited about the PlayStation VR two? Um, 
I I hope it does have a wireless uh, streaming feature, but I think it will still be uh, it won't be a standalone device. I think it will be like uh, you need to have a PlayStation 4 and then you can stream the games from there. So I'm guessing they're probably going to do something like that. If they don't, then they're really missing out on right yeah. you know, the future. That makes sense. So you have not been working together with Sony on their no, wireless? No. <laughs> okay. Okay, you're right. Yeah, let's see. Do we have more questions from the live chat? So now is really your last chance to ask geek questions. We have been already having like uh, nearly two hours of uh, his time. So now do, if you have any more questions for Guy, now you can ask them in the chat. And uh, let's see if there's still some more. Desitronic, again, thanks for the two euro. And he says like... A, did you see that Reddit thought your background was real? Yeah, it, it does look cool. It, you, it does look does look like you're having a super nice apartment there. Probably you do. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, the, the sign is much. It's like uh, two p.m. here, but in the background, it's uh, I, no, that's the environment <laughs> from virtual and stuff actually. Yeah, those rooms just make me so uh, like the decoration fever. <laughs> it really makes me want to change my whole house just to make it look <laughs> like those rooms are so cool. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Let's see if there's any more questions. Um, what are your thoughts on YGIG2? Do you have any thoughts about that? Um, I mean, the HTC had a had the dongle thing, but it was flimsy and it right. required line of sight like absolute line of sight if you just put your hand in front it would stop working so uh, i don't think those are viable solutions really uh yeah okay that makes sense then tasmania the yep uh, i was gonna say the future i think is wi-fi 6e which i right. i was thinking the quest 2 pro or whatever the next quest will have and it's the is the six gigahertz band which no devices use right now so it would be great for for vr streaming actually Right. Okay, that makes sense. Then Tasmania has a very uh, technical question that I don't even quite understand. <laughs> Is it possible to add pixel per display, pixel override feature to VD? Does it make sense, this question to you? I don't know. Yeah, there's, okay. al there's already uh, a super sampling option. You two guys can talk. <laughs> Essentially, it's the make it thing that they had set as a higher resolution. So it's super sampling what you have in Steam VR. So in virtual desktop, there are three options, low, medium, high in the streaming tab. And that changes the base resolution of the headset. You can fine tune it in with the slider and CMDR afterwards, but that option controls the pixels per display pixel, basically. Okay, wow, very interesting. Then, oh, that's uh, interesting. Um, Guy, do you have any words you want to directly say to Facebook? <laughs> Now's your chance. Uh, <laughs> beep, beep, well, beep. I, <laughs> what I can say is, uh, you know, since you, they're supporting it on a home Wi-Fi's, Uh, after two years of experience doing support, all I can say is good luck because <laughs> you have no idea what you're getting into. I mean, there's a lot of people who have good setups, but there's a ton of people who have horrible, horrible modems and or they, they think that they have the greatest setup because they say, oh, I have a 500 megabit internet. Well, your internet speed is irrelevant. It doesn't yeah, matter, right? What's right. important is the quality of your home router. And right. a ton of people have really, really bad routers. So diagnosing that and identifying the issues with the streaming setup is hard. And doing it over a ticket system, 
just doesn't work. So one-on-one support is really what helps. And thankfully, I have a great community on Discord who've been helping me over the last two years. And I, without without them, I you know I would have been a would not have been a successful application because they're really helping a lot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mic dropped. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that, dear Facebook. Yeah. We know you're watching this stream right right now. <laughs> so uh, also one question that comes to my mind right now. Why do you believe that Airlink is not going to be available on the Quest 1? Is it uh, purely to push the Quest 2 even further, or do you have any idea uh, why it's not on the Quest 1? Yeah, it, it was just as well on the Quest 1. So the reason is just to push the Quest 2, like they probably for Resident Evil 4 reasons, probably the same thing. Okay, mm. yeah. Set for all the people who bought the Quest 1. Right. Anyways, they can still get virtual desktop and I can highly yep. recommend it. It's an amazing app and worth absolutely every single euro. Yep. Actually, those, those are the videos those those are the videos I really miss making because I used to do your Oculus Link versus virtual desktop like every week. <laughs> yes, I remember <laughs> watching those. It's fun. <laughs> and then I sold all the quests, so I can't do those videos anymore. Oh, but yeah. okay, but it's can... really nice to be part of your development on. Yeah, you're right. Days. But I can make I... them now. I can make the Airlink versus yeah, you can uh, make them. versus Quest. Yeah. I'm sure Tatiana is going to make those. <laughs> you know, oh, right. I wasn't even. I was thinking about making. You know, how to because tutorials are so important, like really clear tutorials, and I love making those. And I was thinking of doing, you know, how to play PCVR with Link and virtual desktop. Like who? I don't even want to make a video on link cable. I just want to push people to do the virtual desktop. So I made two videos on one just explaining how to do it. And the other, when you had this patch, I'm like, come on, guys, it's amazing. You don't need this link thing anymore. So, yeah. yes, this will be very, very interesting reviews to do in the future as well. But I, um, I do have a bias <laughs> towards the virtual desktop. So, yeah, of uh, course. yeah. right. That makes that makes lots of sense. Yeah. Also, one thing that I would like to uh, mention here, and I would like to kind of uh, set the record straight. So I recently made the video where um, I where I talk about the problem and uh, about Airlink versus virtual desktop, where I'm very critical about um, Facebook not allowing virtual desktop on the store. And I honestly, I was surprised how much hate I got like on Twitter and uh, I even got hate for inviting um, Guy here on, onto the show. And I was like really surprised about this, but uh, well, well, if, if I can piss off these kind of people, I'm very happy about that. But the, the one thing I want to set the record straight, I don't think it's bad that Facebook has this kind of functionality, right? I'm not like saying... They oh, should have had it. They, they should have had it from the start. Of course, I'm not saying... I'm not criticizing Facebook for having it now. What I'm criticizing is that they crippled Geese software for more than a year without a valid reason. And uh, now, like like bringing this out right now, it's kind of hypocritical because, well, they, they denied Guy that feature because they said it's probably not good enough. And that is what I criticize, right? Mm -hmm. so just to set the record straight for all the people who say, like, ah, Sebastian, how can you be such a Facebook hater? They are just releasing a, a, a functionality that everybody wants. Yes, I'm not against that. I'm against this hypocrisy, or however it's called, <laughs> mm -hmm. that they that they did not allow um, Geese software on the store, that they are like um, crippling the competition using their market power. And that is the thing that I criticize, right? So just to set the record straight for all the people who uh, were commenting 
<laughs> on my on my videos like oh sebastian how can you criticize that mm. just yeah it's a hypocrisy way. of a big company that they can they can afford to get away with it and we are basically just not letting them get away with it so easily without letting other people realize what's actually going on so right. yeah it's a good functionality but we need to understand the cost that was paid by other developers who made it happen basically exactly and uh, i think this is also really discouraging for lots of developers who probably have like an amazing idea in their mind to come out with this because they see it now for for geese example and uh, your fitness or even big screen big screen also has a hard time it, they are probably discouraged to work on that further because they see down the line okay facebook will use their market power to kill my idea and to copy it and bring it out by themselves. And then probably they um, they decide against working on that feature because we have the examples here. Facebook is taking no prisoners. And um, th that is something that I think is absolutely worth to talk about at least and to discuss because that's really, that's one thing where I really am not happy about our VR community. I really love our VR community, and I really do respect all the people who are making VR content, but it's just, in my opinion, so sad to see that we don't have this discussion more talking about these things, right? We only see all these hype videos, wow, 120 hertz, wow, Airlink. If you look on VR YouTube these days, you won't even see one critical video about this virtual, this uh, version 28 of the software. Well, I did one, and uh, uh, Lazius, you also mentioned it in your video. But apart from that, if you look at the main VR YouTubers, it's just basically like um, just hype. It's, it's just like a Facebook advertisement videos. And I, I really, that's the one part about our VR community that I'm personally not so happy about. And even I get this hate, on Twitter, on, on, on my videos, I will stick to my guns and I will give people like Guy the platform to also tell this part of the story. And uh, yeah, that's something that I simply want to say here. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Like, yeah, thumbs up if you think that's the right way to go or thumbs up, thumbs down if you're not okay with it. I will keep on mentioning that not everything that Facebook doing is amazing for this industry. And I, I strongly believe, even though it's amazing, that more people get access to virtual reality with the Quest 2. And I do agree it's an amazing headset. There's still probably like lots of bad things involved with one company like dominating the market that they do, making it hard for others to actually be able to compete. And um, yeah, how they um, ruthlessly like go for their goals is not a good thing. And that's really something that we should keep on at least discussing. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, that had to go out. All right. Um, other than that, is there anything more any of you would like to say or any more question, anything more you would like to add to this? I just want to thank you so much for coming. This has You're been right. so wonderful to just hear all these things from you to learn the insights of this process because, yeah, I've, you know, I read about these things. I watched Seb's video and I, and I, I kind of understood that, yeah, something is fishy going on here. Probably is not very nice for Guy what's happening, but to actually hear all these little details and insights, extremely eye-opening. Thank you so much for this. 
Exactly. Thank you for having me. Yeah, really. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for all the insights. Amazing. Uh, and uh, yeah, looking forward to have you on the show in the future as well when we talk about virtual desktop for the next uh, HTC headset or whatever. Also, I would like to say thank you so much to uh, Lazius. It was amazing to have you, you on the show. And I'm looking forward to have you on the show more if you want more night sessions in Singapore, staying up until 3 a.m. in the morning. That's amazing. And now sorry, my, my sugar rush is gone. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. You uh, can yeah, no, thank you so much. It's been, it's been an eye-opener, and it's nice to talk to Guy also because uh, we spoke on, 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 on uh, Discord before. And me and Tatiana, you know, she has a lovely channel and love how colorful and creative she is too. So. Really yeah. good, good bunch of people here. So, really, yeah. really amazing. So nice. And so all the people who are watching this um, right now, please um, subscribe to VR Essentials, Lazio's channel, and you will also get some some content with some brain behind, with some more critical stuff. So absolutely do check out VR Essentials. Also, please do um, subscribe to Tatiana's channel, Discord. Cover Disco VR. The link is down in the description below. And I'm also going to add Lazio's channel down into the description. And of course, do check out Virtual Desktop if you haven't yet. It's an amazing software. And again, thanks, Guy, for joining today's show. Yep, that is everything that we got for episode 17. And I really think that this was a really great show. I really, really enjoyed it. And if the people who are watching this right now, and I think we have like 250 people watching this live, decided today is a record for this. Um, if you enjoyed this show, please give it a thumbs up right now. And even more important, and I really, really would ask you for this. If you enjoy this show, if you enjoy what we're doing here every single Saturday, please do get your iPhone out or your iPad. Open the podcast app. It's already on your iPhone or iPad. You don't have to download it. Go and find the Next Dimension podcast and do leave us a five-star review. It's going to help us so much. So that would be Really, really amazing. And other than that, we're looking forward to see you in the next episode. Until then, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.